Shark Bites, a Throwdown Thursday production. I'm your host, Patsy the Angry Nerd, and uh, this week I'm going to kind of switch things up from last week. I know I had said that I was going to do a, uh, an interview with the writer and director of Clownado, Todd Sheets, but unfortunately Todd encountered some health issues and uh, wasn't able to join me, which actually um, it left me a little scrambling, but then I was like, wait a minute, I have tickets for one of the blocks of the Shaanxi Film Festival, and I can talk about that. Now, for those of you who uh, listened to Throwdown Thursday, you will remember that we interviewed uh, Skip Shea for episode 153, Planting the Trinity of Micro Cinema Seeds. The Shaanxi Film Festival is dedicated to Skip's daughter, who, who passed away in 1999. It is... Uh, sort of representative of who she is and her spirit. Um, according to the website, it says the Shaanxi Film Festival celebrates independent films and the people who make them. Established in 2012 as a program of the Shaanxi Memorial Foundation Incorporated, the Shaanxi Film Festival honors Shaanxi's unique independent spirit by bringing audiences films that share the same quality. So I had never been to one of these. Uh, obviously, I had heard of them. I was familiar with them. You know, I knew that, you know, Skip made short films as well, but I just, I had never had a chance to actually get down and, and see one of these. So we, we went on Saturday, which was the fourth day of the festival, and we had gotten tickets for uh, Block One, which is all the horror shorts. And it was really cool because walking in, like there were a bunch of people that I recognized, a bunch of people that I knew, like uh, outside when we ran into Skip, you know, there's uh, Sean Carmichael who starred in Trinity. Um, we go inside and I see, you know, uh, our, our buddy Bill Fulkerson from outside the cinema and survival of the film freaks, uh, which we, we interviewed him on Throwdown Thursday in our episode flesh tax. I believe that was episode 145, 143. I'd have to look it up, but yeah, flesh tax, uh, where we talked all about survival of the film freaks. And, uh, I see a very talented writer, director, actress, uh, Diana Porter, who also was in Trinity. She played uh, Sean Carmichael's sister. Uh, she's sitting over there. Michael Neal, who's another filmmaker who's very talented. There's just There was a lot of talent in this room. Some people I recognized and knew, and other people I, I didn't know, but like you know, maybe I recognized their face or I recognized them from something else. But uh, we got there a little late, so we missed a couple of them. But uh, I was taking notes on some of these, and uh, there was a specific reason why we went to go see this particular block, uh, because there was a film called Rehome by Izzy Lee, and if you are unfamiliar with Izzy Lee, get familiar with her. Uh, she's a very talented writer, director, actor. Uh, she also was in Trinity in, as a, a small role as one of the tarot card readers. She also made a movie called Innsmouth, which Diana Porter was in as well. Her film Rehome was something that I had been looking forward to for a while, and she had actually sent me a couple of screeners for not only Rehome, but also The Obliteration of the Chickens. And uh, 
<laughs> I really enjoyed that one. If you get a chance to get to a film festival, especially one that is playing, you know, some horror shorts and especially anything that Izzy Lee is attached to, do yourself a favor and watch these films. Go to that specific block, watch her stuff. She's very, very good. She's very, very talented. There's not anything that she's done that I've seen that I have not been impressed with. And obviously, Rehome was no exception. Rehome was the second film that we saw uh, while we were there. The first one was a film called Midnight, which uh, it was it was difficult to describe, but it ended up winning, uh, I think, Best Foreign Short at the film festival. It, uh, it started off with an old man who opens up a door in his apartment at midnight and sees something. But like, it's, it's I, I don't want to get into it too much because I don't want to spoil it, but there are several different characters witnessing certain things from a certain point of view and it's really really creepy and it's really really cool um it's all their own unique perspective on it but it's really not a unique perspective because everybody kind of sees a different thing even though they're all in the same area it's really cool uh seek it out it's called midnight and uh it's it's very very good i unfortunately don't have the the name of the director or any of the actors in it rehome was the next one and it was about a uh a young lady who was, uh, she needed someone to help her raise her baby because she was unable to do it because she was an immigrant. And, uh, there were some, you know, they kept mentioning a wall over and over again in the film. So, you know, it's definitely, uh, influenced by the political climate we've got going on. And then it takes a crazy turn and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, just know that Izzy knows her stuff. Uh, she's very, very good. The next film we saw was called Ratatat uh, by uh, Philip Krall, was the director. And he did something really cool with this. He actually uh, he put in a jump scare in this that made the entire audience, or just about the entire audience, actually react to it. You know, a few people actually, like, screamed, which was really, really cool because it came out of nowhere. It's about a couple of young ladies who are... Uh, hanging out they don't want to go out they're trying to save their money so they stay home and they're just drinking and one of them gets up to go find something and underneath this cabinet she finds this weird bottle and her friend's like well don't you know i'm not going to drink some random liquid out of a bottle you found under your sink but the first girl's like hey you know what i'm gonna and she does and then it's just not just in horror movies, but in real life. If you find a strange bottle and you are unsure of its contents, don't drink it. There's going to be... Yeah, Ashes is yelling from the other room. Drink it. Uh, generally don't, but especially if you think you're in a horror movie, don't drink it. Because it's nothing good is going to come of this. Uh, the next one we saw was uh, Dial Tone of Doom. And that was about uh, these two young ladies. Uh, one of them was uh, upset with her friend who... Uh, doesn't have a cell phone, doesn't believe in technology because she doesn't want the government controlling her mind. So she just has an old rotary phone. But the phone's not working, so they call the number on the bottom of the uh, of the phone. And she's like, oh, I need a replacement phone. You said you have a lifetime warranty. And they're like, yep, we'll send it right over. She goes, but I haven't given you my address. They're like, yep, don't worry. Click. And, uh, you know, right then you know that there's something uh, unsettling about it and something that's not going to go well for uh, any of the, the the people in the film. If they're like, yeah, we don't need your address, we'll just send over a new phone to you. And she finds the new phone there, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't use it. Next fu- uh, film we watched was called Matroshka, and I, I really think I'm butchering the name of that movie. Uh, it's M-A-T-R-Y-O-S-H-K-A. It's uh, about uh, it, Russian nesting dolls, essentially, is, is um, the subject matter. And so it's uh, some young young people at a party, and uh, one of them is uh, Diana Porter. It's her house. She's the one hosting the party, and uh, one of the one of the uh, um, the other young ladies that's in it. Uh, her name is Angie Hansen. The actress is is Angie Hansen, who was also in Ratatat. Um, so they are doing like a little party game where they have to recite this poem, and as they recite the poem, they pass the the Matroshka doll around the room, and whoever the last whoever reads the last line of the poem has to open up the doll and uh you know to reveal the next layer but you have to keep going throughout the whole thing otherwise like the demon will get you like that's the that's the premise but because it's a a party game and it's kind of like a prank what they had done is they had uh in each layer there's like some weird gross stuff you know like plastic spiders or you know slime so when you open it up like you get goop all over your hands or something so it was really good uh, the ending was fantastic, and the uh, the design of some of the uh, special effects was very, very impressive. Uh, the next film was, you know, sometimes life imitates art. It's in a way that you really wish it hadn't. This was written and directed by Diana Porter, and it was uh, initially part of an anthology that started and I'm trying to remember she had mentioned this so I'm trying to remember exactly what she said cuz I didn't record it uh but it was supposed to be part of an anthology where the idea kind of came up in November of 2016 of what type of uh laws would be enacted based on what you knew about the incoming administration um that got voted in in November of 2016 what kind of uh laws or restrictions would be placed on on people in the country and Diana wanted to do women's health rights um and so this movie is about a young couple who they go to uh they're they're talking about going to the doctor so they can hear their baby's heartbeat for the first time and they're very very excited but it turns out that the pregnancy was not completely viable and the the baby had died uh, inside the woman's womb, and uh, when one of the when the nurse who is supposed to be performing the ultrasound finds out about this, you know she calls the authorities, and they're like, okay, you know they arrest the the wife for manslaughter, and you know they take the husband out of the room and start telling him about all of his uh, his rights, and man, it's it's scary because it's not far fetched enough. Like if if this administration, especially Mike Pence gets their way um this is probably something that you could see i mean you're they're already mandating funerals for uh miscarried uh fetuses there's you know the heartbeat bills that are going into effect all over the country so this isn't as far-fetched as you would like to think it is uh, unfortunately after that we needed a bit of a a palate cleanser uh we didn't know what order these were going to be in, but uh, I think whoever set this block up did a very good job of kind of balancing the light and the dark. Because the next film 
was called Firstborn, and this was the first film uh, by director Erica Stockwell Alpert. She uh, she did a great job. Uh, she said that she had originally written this as a, a short story, but it's a lot easier to get somebody to watch a film than it is to watch to read a short story. Believe me, I know. So she, you know, made it into a film. Like she said, she never planned on doing it. She never thought about doing it, and she might never make another one. But after seeing this. Everyone who came up to talk to her encouraged her and said, hey, make sure you do more films because this was brilliant. Uh, it, it opens with a guy with his uh, newborn son. He's performing these weird chants and rituals. There's you know, a pentagram on the ground that starts smoking and a demon comes up out of it. And you know, he's begging for the demon to give him strength to you know, overcome all these uh, ad- bits of adversity and, and overcome his enemies. And she says, what do you have in return? And he's like the blood of my firstborn. And she's like, everything kind of like record scratch, like stop. She's like, actually, that's not your firstborn son. And he's like, what? And it just like from there spirals into like one of the funniest things I've seen in a long, long time. It's brilliant. And she told us like what the, the original idea was for was oh man that would have been even better seek some of these things out if you can you know find these people on social media uh we're actually we're hoping to have erica on uh we're definitely going to have diana on uh i'm hoping to get izzy on at some point uh but the next film was called see me and it was by uh the director's name is chris k daniels and he uh it looked like most of it was filmed in worcester because a lot of it seemed very very familiar and, uh, you know, very, uh, like, I'm pretty sure, like, again, this is a, a, a another person we want to talk to, but he, uh, he is currently making a film for his senior thesis. So he's, he's a young kid. He's in college. I mean, he looked young to begin with, but you know, that doesn't always mean anything, but he, uh, apparently he's a senior in college and he's working on a, a big production right now, which is really, really cool. Uh, but see me was about a woman who, it's essentially like breaking the fourth wall over and over again, but only she can see it. So it's almost like she could see the camera, but it was almost like a living being at the same time. It was really weird, but it was really, really cool. Really well done. Uh, the final uh, film that we saw was called the party. And it was about, you know, these three girls that are like, Oh, you know, are you going to invite your friend to the party? And one of them's like, Oh, I don't know. I should be there. I'll probably get there soon. You know, but are you going to invite this guy? And, so they invite the guy and you find out why they were so intent on getting him and only him there. It's it's uh it's really cool and one of the things it does is it really kind of it sets a couple of tropes on their head because you think it's like, Oh, well, yeah, this guy seems pretty cool. Oh, and she seems nice and kinda kinda goofy, you know, you can definitely tell that he likes her and oh, this is really cool. And then it's like, Oh, okay, yep, I understand now. So that was a lot of fun. We got to see, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine films. And uh, every single one of them was really, really good. Uh, I I didn't have, I don't think there was a week one among them. Uh, Rehome was excellent. Uh, Heartbeat was just phenomenal. Firstborn might have been my favorite one. Again, not that any of them weren't good. It's just Firstborn just out of nowhere 
was like really really funny and uh, you know like i said hopefully we can get erica on the show because she was she was just fantastic as a director and writer i i think she did a, a phenomenal job um if you are unfamiliar with you know film festivals and, and horror shorts and things like that um there's actually an event coming up in a few weeks um first rock and shock does a film festival all the time there's always horror shorts and, and, you know, screenings of upcoming films and, and stuff like that. Uh, our buddy Alex has, uh, has gotten films in there before. So if you're interested in seeing this type of thing and, you know, getting in on the ground floor, so to speak, definitely check out, you know, at conventions when they do screenings. If like, that's something that you're, that you're really interested in and you want to get into, check it out. Cause especially with first time filmmakers, you know, a lot of folks are just trying to get eyeballs on their on their work and you know they've put a lot of time and effort and energy into doing this so it's always great when you know someone watches something and they they kind of you know get some feedback like hey i really enjoyed your 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 short or i enjoyed your feature film or what have you and you know a lot of folks will talk about you know the process with you know people who are are very interested and it's something i really enjoy talking to people with you know Whenever they're creative, I like to find out, it's like, well, you know, where did you decide that you want to do this? Why this particular thing? You know, what, you know, made you want to go in this direction instead of another direction? It's really, really interesting when you find out, like, people's motivations and inspirations. So I highly recommend that. So check one out at uh, at Rock and Shock if that's something you're interested in. There's also an event coming up that Ashes and I will be at. Uh, it's on November 9th at Platinum City Gaming in Taunton. Uh, it's called the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival, and there's uh, 10 films that are going to be shown. Some are short, some are uh, feature length, including the um, premiere of The Box, which is the second film in the Ties That Bind series. Uh, you've probably heard us mention this either uh, you know, on the Dorkening or through uh, you know, other, other podcasts that we've been a part of, especially Throwdown Thursday. We've talked about this over and over and over again. But it came from the 508 Studios. We actually interviewed them last year for one of our Rock and Shock specials. Um, we talked to James Lamond, who's the writer and director of of the uh, Ties That Bind series. Uh, the first one is One Last Kill, and the next one is The Box, which will be premiering at Dead of Autumn Horror Festival, which is really, really cool. I'm very much looking forward to that, and I should have a review uh, prior to that uh, prior to that coming out. And uh, maybe an episode uh, from here on that on uh, on that subject, and hopefully I can get James to come on with me. We can talk about it a little bit in some uh, vague, uncertain terms, so that we don't ruin anything for anyone. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else we got going on. So Rock and Shock will be there this week uh, on Throwdown Thursday. In a couple of days, we're going to be covering the Ghostface uh, character from the Scream franchise. This is going to be a little different from what we usually do because. Where, you know, with like Victor Crowley on last week's episode, we we discussed how it's the same character and the same actor and the same writer every single time, same director. Because, you know, sometimes you'll get the same character, like, say, a Freddy Krueger, played by the same actor, which is really cool. But a lot of times, you know, like with Jason or with uh, Michael Myers or Leatherface, you get multiple actors playing the same character, multiple directors, multiple writers. So uh, it's hard to keep that character straight. But with this, it's the same character, 
but with different identities throughout each film. So we'll get into that. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about this week. So I think with that being said, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, uh, I'll give you a couple more previews of coming events, what I'm going to be talking about next week. And uh, got some new ads for you as well, or new promos, I should say. I will close the show as I will always plan on doing. I can't say as I've always done because I've only done it once with a new shark fact. So I'll be right back after this. Do you have a craving for creatures, a thirst for thrills, and a hunger for horror? Then you need to gorge yourself on the gore of rock and shock. That's right, Worcester's annual horror convention, Rock and Shock, comes for you from the DCU Center in Worcester, Massachusetts on October 11th, 12th, and 13th, featuring the Ladies of Evil Dead, Betsy Baker, Ellen Sandweiss, and Teresa Tilly, Ray Wise, and Sherilyn Fenn of Twin Peaks, Jason Voorhees himself, Kane Hodder. John Dugan and Ed Neal of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and making his first appearance, the legendary Bruce Campbell. Hail to the king, baby. Go to rockandshock.com for the full list as new guests are added all the time. Rock and Shock, be there and be scared. When there is no more room in hell... thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee well they're wrong we have very active lifestyles it's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists we all love a good cup of joe and there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval deadly grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure bold robust delicious it's coffee that can wake the dead With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating, it brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Saturday, November 9th at 6 p.m. at Platinum City Gaming in Taunton, Massachusetts, it's the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. Halloween may be over, but we live the horror life all year long. BMG Events, in cooperation with It Came From The 508 Productions, is bringing you this unique event featuring filmmakers, actors, vendors, podcasters, and more including the world premiere of the second film in the Ties That Bind series, The Box. Tickets are $10 and available at the door or through the event page. Follow BMG Events, it came from the 508, and Throwdown Thursday podcast on Facebook for all the latest updates. The Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. Missing out would be a grave mistake. And I'm back. So uh, I hope you enjoyed those ads. Uh, this is actually the last time I'm going to be able to play the uh, Rock and Shock one because uh, Rock and Shock is over this weekend. 
But I will be talking about Rock and Shock on the show for uh, next week. And um, hopefully we have a couple of interviews with some folks for uh, Throwdown Thursday or for this, you know, either either or. Both, uh, all of the above, column A, column B, all that good stuff. But uh, I do want to talk about something that uh, we did after the Shaunashe Film Festival. Uh, because it also ties into that second ad that I played about uh, Platinum City Gaming, about the... Uh, the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival, where we will be, uh, we will be there representing not only the network but our, ourselves as well. Obviously, uh, we'll be there podcasting, uh, recording, maybe going live a little bit. But uh, it was put on by BMG Events, obviously, and uh, another BMG event that we went to recently that we told you about was the uh, the Halloween in the summer that we went to, I believe, in July. I think it was the twentieth. Uh, that was at uh, Shelter Bar. Uh, arcade bar when i won my uh super sweet uh freddy krueger glove so uh we went to platinum city gaming last night because bmg events put on a different event uh just a a halloween happenings uh which was really really fun um all the games were free uh as part of the event so you know you didn't have to put a quarter in or do anything. Ashes and I played some air hockey. Uh, Platinum City Gaming, if you've never been there, they have uh, all kinds of things. There was a, a bounce house there. Uh, we did not go in the bounce house because I was afraid I would break something. But we did some karaoke. We played some air hockey. They have uh, they have these really awesome uh, like VR pods as well, which is really cool. They also have a bunch of different consoles hooked up so you can play like your old console games that you like, you know. They had Nintendo, Nintendo 64, PlayStation 4, Wii, all that good stuff. Uh, computers. So pretty much any type of game you can think of. You know, plus, obviously, some arcade cabinets. Uh, there was some some racing games. There were some uh, some shooting games. There were some, uh, whatchamacallits, pinball. Pinball is there. Like a basketball hoop. Ashley and I were shooting hoops for a little bit. It was pretty fun. Uh, they did a raffle. Ashes and I won a whole bunch of stuff because <laughs> we bought a lot of tickets. So uh, we won a bunch of stuff. So that was pretty cool. And uh, if you've never gotten a chance to go to an event sponsored by BMG Events, you're really, really missing out because there's a lot of time and effort and thought and preparation put into these events. And I highly recommend And if you're... you're uh, you're inclined. I think the first one you should go to is the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. Uh, not just because we're going to be there, uh, not just because uh, it's a great event, but because they're going to be doing some amazing things. Uh, Broke Horror Fan's going to be there. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, premieres of shorts and premieres of trailers and premieres of feature films. Uh, it's it's going to be amazing. So I highly recommend going because BMG events is always a good time. Before I go, I, I, I'm i going to do my shark fact at the end. They were, Ashes and I found out something interesting uh, after we came home from uh, the event last night. I was checking, you know, social media, catching up on that because we really didn't, you know, look at our phones for like three, four hours. Um, a Kickstarter I had contributed to. Um, actually, uh, part of the, um, part of the, uh, the, the Kickstarter perk was you can um you'd get an imdb i am you'd get an imdb credit under you know thanks so I was like oh that's really cool you know i'll i'll do that i i think it would be awesome to have a, an imdb credit so i did it 
and I was looking at my name and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Because uh, the movie that I contributed to is called Steal Your Face, and uh, which I just, that's a phenomenal title. So, like, of course, I'm going to contribute to that. And I'm listed in the thanks. It's weird because in the thanks, it, it credits me and it says, you know, Patrick Rahal is an actor known for From Within. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, there's somebody out there with the same name as me. So I go and I check, and nope. It's actually a film. Ashes and I played uh, museum patrons as extras in a in a film uh, that was done by Andrea Willanen, who is a very talented filmmaker. Um, she did this great short for uh, the ABCs of Death that somehow did not get included, I don't know how, called M is for Mundane, and it's just absolutely brilliant. Uh, but she did this short called From Within, and it had kind of slipped my mind. I didn't know uh I didn't know when it was coming out or anything. It's horror short at the Shaunashe Film Festival, which was so cool. So I am uh on IMDB and I am listed as an actor and uh, so is Ashes and we are uh extras in an award winning horror short. I just thought that was one of the coolest things I'd heard in a long time or, or seen. Uh, I thought that was great. So I just wanted to share that with you folks. Um, but I do think we should get to uh, wrapping up the show and get to the shark fact. So this week, the shark fact is, contrary to popular belief, uh, sharks do not all have the same type of teeth. Uh, many sharks have, mo- most sharks have uh, varying types of teeth depending on what type of predator and what type of prey they're going to go after. So with a great white shark, you know, they're the typical, you know, stereotype triangular teeth that you'll see, you know, like in Jaws or in, you know, the first thing that comes to mind. But with some sharks, like a a mako or a tiger, they have uh, thinner teeth. It all depends on, you know, the shape of the shark's head. You know, if it's, you know, like a a mako shark or a, a, a great white, they're built for speed. So their heads are kind of pointed. But say a bull shark or a tiger shark, uh, their heads are, are a little more flattened. Uh, they don't come to a point. They're rounded. And then, of course, you know, hammerheads obviously do not have a, uh, a super streamlined design to their head. So each shark's teeth is going to be slightly different because of, uh, you know, the way that their, their head is and the way that uh, they capture their prey and the type of prey that they so with uh, a great white they need big sharp strong teeth that come to a small point to in, inflict as much damage as possible um other sharks like you know sharks that rely on speed like a mako you know their teeth will be slightly curved backwards so because they're chasing faster prey so if they bite onto something it won't if it tries to get away it's just going to shred itself you know causing more damage so uh, just a little uh, quick fact about shark teeth today, and so I think on that note, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap everything up. And remember, I'm the shark, but as my listener, I consider you my chum. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.